is the Vardy party back on? Hello FPL Surgery listeners, on this episode we will go over our reactions to the game we just passed, we'll have a mini interview with our guest who finished 4th in the world previously, then we'll go through the listener questions which I'm sure will involve Chelsea who can't stop scoring and if Willian is a better pick than Pulisic, how Salah isn't really expendable, Jimenez is on thin ice now, Pope doing Pope things and is the Vardy party back on? Okay, welcome back listeners to the 177th episode of the FPL Surgery Podcast. We are recording on Thursday the 9th of July 2020. Iceman here again, back with my co-host Stefan. Welcome back Stefan. Have you missed your walks in the woods after having two successful game weeks? Yeah, I think so. I haven't been been in the woods for a while, but I did get a trip on a local lake today, so that was nice. We didn't get any fish, but everything else so, was so pretty the, fine. the lake is where you go when you're having great game weeks, but the woods yeah, is where I'm you not. go when you're having terrible game weeks. Yeah, I actually missed some games today. I didn't watch the early games, so that's a, that's a strange one, but I guess my family appreciates it. So, Are you not doing your job, I think Stefan? Yeah, I'm doing my job you now. Need to watch straight all, back home, all of them. watching the United game, and, and missed uh, missed our planned start of the podcast. So yes, yes, the one time you've ever been late. <laughs> yeah, too dedicated to watching the games. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. So should everyone really, if you're an FPL fan. Uh, but we do have a great guest on this week. Another partner of the FF Hub. He has had three top twenty k finishes in FPL two in the top 1k and his highest finish being fourth as i mentioned earlier welcome to the podcast abu bakar sadiq who you may know as big man bakar on twitter welcome bakar thank you james it's a pleasure to be on board and it's it's a pleasure to be part of the podcast yeah looking forward to chatting with you guys great to have you on bakar one question which i do want to ask which i would be tempted to do do you put that you finish fourth in FPL on your CV when you go for job interviews? I unfortunately I don't, but yes, I'm tempted to. <sighs> I, uh, I would so uh, do that. <laughs> it's uh, it's something which which if I was applying to to to, uh, to a firm which uh, where the the guy who was hiring me if he had any interest in football, <laughs> yeah. then it, it would sort of give a favorable impression. But if if not, if he has no idea what FPL is, then I'll come across as a lunatic, so I won't take the risk of doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You are you are well known for your uh, Twitter threads and your articles to FF Hub, compiling the stats and giving your view on on each bit. When did you start them, and how how are you getting on with them at the moment? I actually started uh, writing about uh, these these uh, threads and these stats like in September. I had uh, like some spare time in my hands, so I decided to post it on my Twitter. And like, I had no idea that I would get this kind of encouragement, which which is like great to see. And I'm humbled to receive uh, like such great feedback. So I guess I, it just started one day randomly when I had time, and I haven't sort of looked back since then because like this is something which I really look forward to doing every week. I love football. Yeah, they are really interesting. I give them a retweet every week. And if you want to see them, it's at Big Man Bakar. That's B-A-K-A-R on Twitter. So if you would like to support the podcast, uh, please do so on our Patreon. Thank you to all our patrons. I've got to give an honourable mention to Andy Portlock, Vince Poyle and Rom Frost, who are all pledging at the highest tier. So thank you to them. So we're going we're gonna to go back to the topics now. 
So reactions to the game week just passed. Chelsea can't stop scoring. Is Willian a better pick than Pulisic? How Salah wasn't really expendable. Jimenez, who's really on thin ice now. Pope doing his Pope things. And is the Vardy party back on? Some key noticeable stats from the game week are Foden was the second most underachiever with an XG of 0.71 with no return. Pulisic, the bigger, biggest overachiever on 0.06 XG and he scored. Salah had the most shots with eight with five on target. KDB surprisingly created the most chances on seven. And the mad stat that I just saw before I came on is that Tottenham have become the first team to fail to have a shot on target against Bournemouth since Middlesbrough in the championship in March 2015 so well done Tottenham. Uh, Bakar I'm going to come back to you on this what is your take from the game we've just gone and how are you looking at what players to to look at going forward? The the thing that is uh, that I was looking forward to the most was was actually how Wardy is, is looking because like his stats were they had actually nosedive uh, post uh, like game week 21, 22. Wasn't getting any big chances. Leicester weren't creating much. Um, so it was good to see them back in form last week against Palace. And I, I was really uh, going to keep a watchful eye on how he did against Arsenal because uh, the fixtures up against Bournemouth uh, this week. And um, I, I think uh, his goal and his stats were really good over the past two weeks. And uh, he, he looks like he's full of confidence once again. So... Um, I, I think I might do a Jimenez to Wardy move this week myself. Bournemouth, uh, as you just mentioned, uh, Spurs were the first team since like 2015 not to get a shot on target against them. I don't think this speaks too highly of Bournemouth, but I think it speaks more about Spurs. And I, I just think this this game was kind of like the exception than the norm uh, when you sort of talk about Bournemouth solidity. I think Leicester are going to beat them comfortably. So I think Wardy is a great shot this week. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. What about you, Stefan? What are your thoughts on Vardy just this past game week? Uh, well, he, he sort of changed my transfer plans as the game week went along. I was I, I, I'm in a bit of a peculiar situation because I have the bench boost to worry about. But I think I have money in the bank for Jimenez to Vardy and after watching I tried to watch both uh, the Wolves game at the same time as Manchester City and Wolves basically create nothing. And Jimenez is much more of a link-up player than anything these days. So he, he does, doesn't look too too good. So I think Jimenez is maybe it's time to get rid of him. And his wife is due any day now, I think. Oh, yeah, of I think, um, So he will, of course, miss the game if the birth is yeah, basically around the, the next uh, game day. So that's something to worry about and something to maybe add as an extra reason to take him out, bring him out. Uh, on Vardy, I'm, I think I've been impressed in the last couple of games as well, just as Bakar. But at the restart, I think Leicester looked horrible. Mm. And I'm, I'm still not sure how good Leicester are going forward. I think Kelechi is uh, very much involved, but there's something about uh, the way they play and they have Madison out. I don't know if he should be back for the weekend, but that sort of is a drawback for Leicester. No Madison, no usual 4-1-4-1 formation. So, but Vardy, he he maybe after scoring his 100 goals, he something happened and clicked and he's back, but... 
it's a tough one. It's a it's a very easy call if you got money in the bank and Jimenez and nothing else to worry about. That means you can bring in Vardy for basically one week and maybe move on to uh, maybe Jesus or Danny Ings or someone the next week. But uh, if you if you're bringing in Vardy for the last four game weeks, I think there's three tough ones with the Sheffield United and Manchester United, and the last one is uh, Spurs. Uh, yeah, Away. Suppose, all, yeah. all well, teams that are pr- pretty good. At least Sheffield United looks to have found their form again defensively. Uh, Spurs are good defensively, even though they can't score. And Manchester United are on fire, just uh, sort of say. So for a package of four games, I'm not sure, given that captaining Vardy would maybe be mad now that uh, Bruno Fernandes seems to be... Uh, a guy you just have to captain, or yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you if you don't want to captain Bruno, you're gonna get red arrows basically nowadays. So, uh, given that Vardy for one game is great if you can transfer him out, but I'm not sure I will do it because I, I may have to think longer forward because I can't I have, don't have any luxury free transfers left this season. Yeah, but the, uh, the thing with yeah. Vardy is he's such a streaky player, isn't he? Um, and he always had the notion of that he would only score against the good teams and not against the bad teams, but it seems to be a bit changed this year. You look at the last game he played against Bournemouth, he scored two and got the assist. He got a 16-point hole and he scored well against the poorer teams, like he scored a brace against Newcastle, he got three against Saints, and then you know, obviously he gets a golden assist against Arsenal. So he is doing it against the weaker team, so you would expect him to, you know, Leicester are going to get chances against Bournemouth. Whether or not uh, Tottenham didn't have a shot on target, they still got forward and could have got a shot on target if they just had a little bit of willingness to pull their finger out a little bit. But yeah, there, there will be something there for Vardy. And I, I think for the one game week, yeah, it's doable. But I, I do, when you mention those other f- fixtures, all those teams like Sheffield United, Tottenham and United, they're all playing well in defensively at the moment. So it's difficult to want to bring him in and know that he's going to play there. But you can always bring him in and then move him straight out if you haven't got Ings. Uh, for lots of things, so there is that to think about if you're if you're looking at him a, a one game week punt. What's your thoughts on one game week punt, Backer? Is it, is it something that you would do? It's something which which I don't usually do in in FPL, but I, I think it is a strategy which makes more sense these days because the game weeks are coming uh, thick and fast, and like with with rest and rotation, when you sort of fear that someone might be rotated or when. Um, for example, when a player like Wadi has Bournemouth, I, I think it makes sense because there's not much uh, time to go and like there's not a, a long-term picture to think about. So I, I, I'm all for it. I, I don't mind it. Well, what about you then, Stefan? Would you bring him in and then get him straight out? Yeah, ideally. Uh, I think if you have like one decent bench player at this point and you have no big issues you have a couple of city guys maybe you have the united trio i think the best uh, use of transfers would be to just spend it on that one spot uh, get Vardy in this week maybe get Ingsing next week or jesus for example i think jesus can be great if he doesn't start midweek because then he has bournemouth so at the end of the season, I think uh, a lot of teams look set to me when I look on the scroll through th- Twitter. So I think a, a lot of guys can afford that one single transfer and just hope the rest uh, delivers somehow. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, we did have a few questions based on Vardy, which I think we've kind of answered overall. A lot. Um, the one here from Jay Ros saying, "Is the Vardy party back?" Uh, one from FPL Sis saying, "Is it worth taking a hit to get Vardy?" Uh, and uh, Abu is saying, "Time to bin Jimenez to get Vardy." I think that's a doable one, isn't it? If you've got the cash to go Jimenez to Vardy, then yeah, I think go for it. Um, but what about a hit? Would you would you do it for a hit if you could get him in? Um, Baka, I'll come back to you. I'm, I'm not too sure whether I do it for a hit because there, there are two reasons behind it. Um, firstly, uh, Everton, I, I wasn't able to watch the game uh, tonight, Everton versus Southampton, but Everton's uh, defensive stats tonight were, were really abysmal. Like They were seriously bad. Danny Ings in, in that uh, game recorded like 18 penalty area touches, which is the highest of uh, any outfield player in one, one game this season. So that tells me that Everton aren't doing too much defensively. So, I mean, Jimenez could possibly nick a return. And if, if that happens, and I don't really think the, the move is, is worth a hit. Uh, you, you list that with Everton. I do think they've had you know a bit of a trouble with Holgate being out. They had Mina come in. And I know the injury to Holgate wasn't exactly major. So he could be back the next game week. Uh, so it may be a, a misdemeanor on that one, you know, not just because Mina, I don't think he's a great defender, actually. He's not really produced much in the past and uh, just filling in. So whether or not Holgate will come back and, and perform a different question. Yeah, on the hit, Stefan, what do you reckon on the hit to bring in Vardy? Then? I wouldn't do it for a hit. I don't think it's possible to gain that in expected points for for one week. Mm. And there's since there's only four game weeks left uh, left and the points and the tough game weeks for Vardy up ahead. I think it's virtually impossible to make a plus EV hit here. Uh, That's that's it. Of course, it can work out. Every hit can work out. But in the long run, I don't think a hit is correct at this stage at all. Uh, basically, yeah. uh, if you go, haven't got injured play, players, but uh, if you have one free transfer or two free transfers and money in the bank, seems like a decent, decent move for me. Yeah, I agree with that. Back, I'm going to come back to you then. So, just based on the game week just passed and kind of what I've listed, Chelsea, Liverpool, you know, likes of him what, what are your thoughts on what's just happened in the game week? Is there anything which stand out for you? Um... It was the return uh, to form of uh, Salah, firstly. I don't really think he was uh, looking that great. Uh, Liverpool weren't creating too many chances. They looked slightly better against uh, Brighton going forward. Uh, So there was that. And basically, um, uh, there was another thing which which I was really looking forward to this week was was Willian versus Pulisic once again. And I was actually a very strong advocate of... um, of Christian Pulisic uh, over Willian, but I think Willian's doing equally good, if if not better. I mean, when I look at the recent stats, I mean they're neck to neck, they're they're uh, they're pretty close. So uh, I I think that was that is another very interesting thing because over, when you compare them over the season, uh, Pulisic comes comes across as much better, but in recent times Willian um, he's got his act together as well and he's playing really well. So I think even he could be a good good option going forward. Yeah, I, I checked out the stats on that, and just in terms of shots in the box and shots and big chances and things. And William's beaten 
Pulisic for nearly all of them. Well, shots in the box, uh, Pulisic since the restart is on nine, William on eight. Uh, big chances, William's had four and two. Obviously, he's had the penalty, so that probably goes for him. And just shots alone, William's on 12, Pulisic on 11. But they're, you know, they are quite close. It's just Pulisic seems to be the more attacking one and looks to always shoot. Whereas when William gets into the box, I, I, you know, I feel like he's looking for a pass more than a shot most of the time whereas Pulisic just seems to be a bit more selfish so on those two I think I would go uh, Pulisic out, out of the two I did go William on my free hit and he scored two points which me and Flapjack both did together on our free hit and ever since then he scored ridiculous amounts of points and we just it's completely so annoying um, but what about you then Stefan out of the two um, Pulisic and William who would you go out of the two? Uh, I got to just edge it towards William I think because he's on penalties and more free kicks and whereas Pulisic's goal was world class it was the only shot he took I think and he maybe has a tendency to get himself into too much trouble trying to dribble to past everybody each time so it's only slight drawback and it's like the talisman theory with with William he's on penalties free kicks should start every game now well, they um, both have, haven't they? Both of them. Yeah, I, I've been surprised by Pulisic minutes. I, I read something about the, about the tight calf some, somewhere, and he's played three times 90 minutes after that. So minutes aren't a problem for Pulisic, but uh, yeah, maybe uh, William for, for now. Yeah, right. We'll come back to more of those things which we spoke about, the likes of Jimenez and Salah, etc., uh, when we come to the listener questions. But going to move it through to mini interview with you Bakar just how just about your fourth place finish overall obviously a great achievement and well done and I'm sure you're going to be living off that for the rest of your life uh, but we've got some we've got some questions here one from Doug Jones at Apple Bonkers he's saying question would be about your fourth place finish how do you play your own game in that situation it must be hard to ignore where you are and those around you how did you adapt um, it, it's actually a very nice question from, from Apple Bonkers and um, I I don't think I, I changed much because my um, when when I started doing really well that season I um, my aim was always to sort of finish like as high as, as I could I took some like some risks in between but they weren't like that like crazy risks um, which would basically mean me dropping too much in rank so they were basically a calculated uh, risk, some calculated risks I took. I don't really think I changed my game. I am um, a risk-neutral manager. I, I don't think I can call myself um, someone too maverick or too risk-averse. I, I kind of like to manage um, the way I play and balance it. And I think that's exactly what I did. I didn't let it get to my head too much. And I I was like, I, I was basically didn't accept where I was going to finish. So... So yeah, I didn't let it affect me too much. I, I guess I think I handled it pretty well, so that helped. You just stuck to your own game. So you did yeah, you yeah. did you concentrate on either looking at the places around you at all, or was it just you just thought, right, I'm going to avoid everyone else. I'm just going to do what I do, and then that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. I I didn't actually do it. I I actually know a few a uh, few other managers who finish in the top ten, and and even Simon Marsh, the the the, the player who finished first first that year, he. He actually had a spreadsheet where he used to track what the other uh, FPL managers in the top 10 were doing. Mm. But but I did none of that. So um, I didn't want to sort of um, let 
uh, other managers affect my game i didn't want myself to make my moves judging on a decisions they were taking yeah so i just wanted to play my national game and that's that's what i did yeah well clearly it's worked for you you've had three top 20k finishes and obviously two in the top 1k so it's you know your game does work for you and you're you're doing pretty well this season uh how are you getting on this season I have had a terrible game week to start with. The, my my season post-restart has been better. I didn't really get off to the best of starts this season. But post-restart, I've had uh, like 200-plus game weeks, um, which which have been great. And I've um, gone up in the ranks. But this game week, I unfortunately, I was uh, one of the managers who sold Salah no, to not. fund uh, De Bruyne and, and, and Foden. But, and that has horribly backfired, unfortunately. So I, I've dropped down in rank uh, this this game week. Yeah, a lot of people did go that route. It was something we were mildly talking about last week, weren't we, Stefan? In terms of Liverpool, but we'll we'll get onto that a, a little bit a little bit later. But uh, there is other questions here. So I've got one here from FPL Tommy ASO. So he's but do you use the eye test to confirm your statistics slash transfers? So how much, how much uh, do you watch your games? Like, do you a big game watcher? I I like to watch games, but it, it's I don't I if you would ask me to pick one, I would pick numbers and stats over eye test because mm-hmm. I I don't watch all the games. I mean, I watch a selective few, like you can say, like um, I guess two or three out of ten games every every week, and and other than that, I just watch match of the day and um, the highlights. I just catch up with the highlights and yeah. and I guess well it, w- when. Uh, the stats coincide with with the form and the eye test. Then, then I know for sure that I'm going to get this player. Yeah, that's like that basically attests my pick. That's how I use the eye test. So let's let's bring it to stats then. So we've got some questions here regarding stats. So one from Mark at M Bison twenty two saying, "Who have been the stats monsters since the Premier League resumed? Do you do you look at these? Have you looked at these since the Premier League's start restarted? Who do you think's which yes. team and player? A Man City and Man United by by a distance. Like mm. they've um, they've been killing it in the stat. City, I guess, is not that big a surprise because they're always the stat kings and they always tend to do really really well uh, under under Pep. But but United have really surprised me and the likes of uh, Martial, Bruno Fernandez, uh, Rashford, Green Greenwood stats aren't that great, but like. We'll probably come to that at some point. That he's ridiculously two-footed. So I I don't really think that XG matters to him that yeah. much. And he's like he's so cheap that um, I mean when you when you look at the stat tables, United and City are far up, far ahead of the others in terms of big chances. And I just think these two teams are playing attacking football at a different level. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. We've we've been shouting United and City. Everyone just knows that they're just monsters and the, the stats. I suppose who moves us on to the next question as well? George Thomas is asking which teams would you target for the rest of the season. So, I mean, a lot of people were looking at this Bournemouth game, including me. I captained Kane, unfortunately, and you know, nothing came off. And uh, Bournemouth then. Played pretty well, and yeah, well, they were playing against Tottenham, who were just awful. But who would you target um, for the rest of the season? Yeah, Bournemouth are the obvious ones, which which I uh, I just told about. Other than that, Sheffield, I, I was actually targeting Sheffield United earlier, but I mm. I think with O'Connell back, they're actually much better, and and uh, I think uh, their stats with O'Connell in the team aren't as as bad as they look post restart without him. So I think Sheffield United are going to see a bit of a resurgence defensively. 
Um, Willa, I don't think I've been too bad other than, like, I haven't watched the game tonight, but, like, in the games which I've watched uh, and, and um, actually written on, Willa's stats have been actually better. If you ask me about the teams to target, I would probably say Bournemouth um, and, and Watford and, and Norwich. These these three teams are probably the ones I would target if yeah. I was to target players from uh, other teams. Okay, yeah, fair enough. That's a good little mini-interview we had with you. I think we're going to move it now to the listener questions so we can get into the game week and who to pick, etc. So we had one here from Xavier from our Slack channel. He's saying, please choose one striker for, for the remainder of the season and why. So I'm going to come to you now, Stefan. So he's listed three strikers here in A, Vardy, B, Kane, and C, Jesus. So, who would you choose out of those three, and why? Uh, if you like minutes and like to watch a player play every game for ninety minutes, have that hope of a return, I'd go Vardy. Yeah. If you like more points and a more explosive guys guy, I would go Jesus. The, th- the thing about Jesus is, I'm I'm struggling to to know if it's a good thing to bring in these City players or not, given how their minutes are managed. Uh, the main thing difference in what uh, Bakar just said was uh, Manchester United and Manchester City are the two standout teams, and, and that uh, is correct. But the big difference between those two teams is that Manchester United are a predictable team where you know the same guys are going to get the points each and every week, whereas City, you pretty much it's a guess, guessing game. Everyone can score big. Yeah. Bernardo Silva can go score a hat-trick next time for all you know uh, so so I think City is tricky so I might just go for Vardy despite the, the worst fixtures but yeah. ideally I would get Vardy now and Jesus next game week and roll with him until the end of the season uh, yeah it's one of the strategies which I'm thinking of as well what about you then Bakar out of those three yeah, I echo Stefan's thoughts I mean it depends on the kind of manager you are I mean, if you're looking for the big upside, then then I think uh, Jesus is the one to get. Uh, I, I think um, his numbers have, have improved massively over the past couple of games and, and City are creating so many chances that he's going to put them away. I, I know he's not as, as good or lethal a finisher as Aguero, but with the chances that City create whenever he's on the field, even if it's for 30 minutes, I mean, he's always going to get returns. So, I mean, if you're looking for the upside, then he's the man. But, like, if you want someone more consistent who's going to play 90 minutes, then then I think Wardy is, is, like, kind of like the safer option. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, with Jesus, he even though he's getting less minutes than the other strikers, the likes of Kane, Vardy, Aubameyang, he's fourth out of the strikers for shots on goal at the moment. Um, and nine in the box, four big chances. Like he's he's right up there for the stats, even though he's getting less minutes. And yeah, like you say, with City, they're always going to get chances. And he's the one that could be just tapping them in at the back post, even if he just gets 30 minutes or so. So yeah, I think if you're wanting to change things up, yeah, and a lot of people haven't got Jesus in your little mini league, then maybe go for him as a, a bit of a punt. And I do think he'll, he will pay off for you, but it's just whether or not he gets those minutes. Obviously, he got 90 minutes against Southampton, uh, 60 against um, Newcastle. So you, you never know if he's going to start next game or whether or not, because Sterling was benched. You think that maybe he's going to start up front uh, the next game, but you know, you just got to take it how it is, really. 
Um, the, the, one, on. one, one thing to note about City, uh, which uh, still maybe the commentators still in Norway are missing this point a bit, I think. So they always talk about Foden as the David Silva replacement, whereas it pretty much looks like Foden will replace uh, Sane more to me. He, he usually starts in the front trio. So, so that means each and every game, one of Sterling, Jesus, Maris, or Foden should miss out. So that's something to, to consider as well. You, yeah, you, um, some of those guys will, will sit out. So you're, you're taking that risk yeah, where we'll get maybe three or, four st- three or four starts with those kind of guys. Yeah, 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 I agree. I think that's an excellent point, actually. Yeah, it's something which yep. people don't really take in. They just think, oh, rotation and, yeah, it's going to be too much type of thing. So, yeah, it's a great point. Great point. Right, so I think that's enough about Vardy. We we know what type of pick he is. Um, let's move on to Liverpool now then. So we had a few questions here. One from Mad Hatter saying, will Sa- uh, Salah start the next one? Or will Mane tell Klopp it's not fair and start crying until... He gets what he wants. Also had one here from Richard Brook. Mane, keep or keep for Burnley or sell. I'd definitely keep Mane. Yeah, he didn't start the last game, so he should be starting this one. Uh, FPL Doctor Vardy Boys and SS Customs all asking about Salah and Mane. So going to come back to you, Stefan, on this one. We we were talking last week about how maybe Salah could be expendable, but obviously we weren't removing him because we knew he was just going to score those those <laughs> 18 points this week. So what about this week? What are your thoughts now? Is it keep? I mean, like he looks like he's going for that golden boot. He looks really hungry for it. Yeah, I think it's a keep, but I think if we knew he was going to get 18 points, we would have kept on him. So can't say we knew that, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a keep for me. He wants to go for the golden boot. I know he has some on paper trickier fixtures against Arsenal and Chelsea coming up after Burnley but still those games can be can be good for Salah he can get some space the, the big drawback is the possible Henderson injury as we all saw how bad Liverpool did without Henderson yet again versus Aston Villa Henderson was also not on the pitch when they lost versus Watford 3-0 so Henderson is a very important part of this Liverpool team when it comes to goals, even though we don't score a lot of goals, he, he sort of, it looks like everyone is a bit worse when he's not on the pitch. Milner might come back in, but I don't think that will be the same. So that's one reason to maybe not uh, think too highly of Liverpool, but uh, the, the post-match interview Salah gave yesterday when asked if he wanted to get the third goal, he just basically answered, uh, let's, let's uh, go to the next game. <laughs> so he looks ready. He doesn't yeah. doesn't didn't look tired, and I think he's going to play every game ninety minutes for the rest of the season for that golden boot. And he for sure won't pass <laughs> anytime <laughs> soon. No. He's, he's going to shoot, shoot a dribble, try to do something. It will be bad for the bonus points, but if we get a couple of goals, he he's in the bonus either way. So I think it's a it's a good hold, and maybe not captain until the last game week. Or maybe this game week. Oh, it's it's a tough it's, one. It's this tempting, game week, isn't it? Because uh, you know Burnley are, well, are well drilled defensively, and you could see him scoring. But also, <laughs> you are hoping yeah. he's going to start as well. I mean, like you're you're saying that you you reckon he's going to start every game to the end of the season. You reckon Klopp's going to be like, right? I want to finish top of the league, and I want that golden boot as well. Yeah, I think is. This isn't exact science, of course. It's just guesswork. But I think it's more plausible that he starts four games than 
many others, maybe uh, at least more plausible than the City guys. However, if you bought Sterling for him last game week or something, Sterling looks like a sure starter, so it might be tough to bring him out again. Uh, it's, a, it's a tough one if you sold Salah now. What are you going to do, Bakar? It's it's extremely hard, actually, uh, to make a call on, on whether or not to get Salah back. Um, I, I think he's uh, he's going to start against Burnley. Um, purely because, as you as you just said, he's, he's probably going for the golden boot. And I don't really think uh, he'd want to get, get benched against uh, Burnley because I think this is a very fair fixture for him and he can, he can score a few goals in this fixture if he plays. Uh, Mane is going to play for sure. He's he's like the more safer option this week. And as you just mentioned, actually Sterling is is someone who really appeals to me as well, even as a captaincy option this week because we know for uh, like that most probably Sterling's going to start because he's had his rest. Um, and as far as the stats are concerned, his his away numbers are incredible this season. He's one of the best for expected goal involvement away from home. So I think he's going to do really well against uh, Brighton as well. Uh, I don't own Sterling, but I like I am equally consi- considering Sterling as I am considering Salah. So he's another option for those who own him. They can go for him with the armband. Well, what about yeah. what about Mane then? So do people, uh, if they got him, do you reckon that he's a the better captain option? I I was I actually posted a tweet about this um, uh, t- today. And I was uh, researching uh, some some numbers up, and um, I was looking at Salah's numbers without Mane in the team. And Salah, um, Salah actually tends to do far better. I mean, his FPL point average is actually double when he's playing without Mane in the team. But when Mane is playing without Salah, he Liverpool in general don't score too many goals, and Liverpool tend to suffer uh, a bit. I mean, they tend to regress a bit. So. Um, I'd expect that that Mane will do well. I mean, I I, I think he's he's safe for a, a double-digit haul. I think Salah playing is actually good for Mane. Yeah, so you heard it here first. Baka is saying that Mane is a terrible player. We'll quote you on that, Baka. And uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm only, I'm only joking. The, obviously, he's a great player, but it's interesting to hear that his stats do bring down Liverpool in some way, and especially Salah. Um, I do. I, we've looked gone. Yeah, I just just think that uh, at least we shouldn't be removing Mane for the rest of the season. Mm. I think it's it's a luxury you maybe won't have the option to do. Yeah. I guess there's something else, someone else burning in your team that should go out before Mane. Yeah, I mean a lot of people are going to be scared that Salah is going to get benched, but can, let's just bring further argument as as to why you, we don't think he's going to be benched. Bakar, what, what, what do you reckon? why you don't think that Salah will be benched and he will start this week? Um, firstly, because he's going for the golden board and he looks extremely hungry for, for goals. I mean, he he looks... I mean, I don't want to demean him, but he looks like he's more selfish these days and he's looking for goals, which is good because he's, he's being direct. So I don't really think that... Um, I mean, obviously, it's the manager's call to rest him or not, but... I don't really think that uh, Salah would want to sit that one out. I, I think um, there's a very good chance that he starts. Uh, and like further, another point is that Liverpool played on Tuesday and, and um, their game is on uh, Saturday. So they have a good time's rest, good period's rest. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, so you would think that he should definitely yeah. be starting. Go on, Stefan. 
I think and if you look at his its minutes this season, you are maybe going to be a bit fooled about his injury struggles during the fall, where he had some early substitutions and some games he missed. But uh, after he came back from the World Club Cup, or Club World Cup, or what it's called, he, he got uh, 69 minutes against Leicester away, and shortly after that they won that competition, and then he played 90 minutes all throughout Christmas, and kept on playing 90 minutes until uh, we stopped, uh, stopped uh, the football in March. And he also set out the Everton game, so he has four 90-minute games so far. Uh, after a restart, whereas Bruno, for example, he has, let's see, one, two, three, four, five games plus the, the long uh, extra time uh, game in the FA Cup. And, and nobody doubts Bruno to start, so maybe we should not worry too much about Salah either. We, we tend to maybe focus a bit about rotation. And a fun fact, uh, I saw a tweet today where someone asked, uh, how many times have you got your first sub off the bench after a restart? Mm. And most of those answers were zero. Yeah. Uh, so so I think this, uh, and it also applies to me, I haven't got any bench players in. I wish I got Taylor this, this game week, <laughs> but unfortunately not. <laughs> so I think that's a point as well. There hasn't been too much rotation outside of uh, City. So uh, maybe we shouldn't be too afraid. The captaincy, of course, is, is another thing because the captaincy brings double the risk. So, so that's something I worry a bit more about. Even though it's just a ninety, if it's ninety percent chance Salah start, you still give up twenty percent of the points by captaining him. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll get I to. I agree with Stefan. I mean, when you when you look at it, um, like Salah just missed four games all season, and uh, I mean, one of them was was against Everton very recently when he wasn't match fit. It was another against United, and and there was the Everton game which Stefan just mentioned, and. I mean, these players are used to to playing uh, uh, twice every week. I mean, there's no Champions League these days. So, I mean, they do play 90 minutes after uh, traveling um, with the Champions League as well. So, I think we're probably giving rotation a bit too much attention. I I don't think that, um, as as Stefan just mentioned, I mean, no one's talking about Bruno getting rotated. So, then why is Salah's brisk? Yeah, very true. Yeah, so if Salah is bench, you can come attack me on Twitter. Don't worry, I'll take all the abuse. <laughs> yeah. uh, hopefully, it won't be. Well, you know, there's strong opinions there to say that he won't. But yeah, let's let's move it on from Liverpool now. We've spoken enough about them. We do nearly every week, but let's move it to just a, a different type of question now. So we've got one here from Jay Rolls again from Slack saying, "If you were on wildcard, what would you do with the Wolves assets, particularly Jimenez and?" Don- Obviously, they lost in the last minute with an Egan goal, um, losing their clean sheet. And Jimenez, as you mentioned before, doesn't seem to be doing too well for the shot. I think he's on five shots since the restart. Four in the box, wasn't it, Backer? So what were your thoughts on Jimenez and the Wolves' assets? Four shots for uh, Raul Jimenez in the past four fixtures. Um, No big chances registered. I mean, uh, Wolves aren't just creating enough. Wolves have created four chances, four big chances in four games. So they're basically creating like uh, one big chance every game, which isn't good enough, Uh, especially given the three of those matches were against Willa, Bournemouth and um, uh, Sheffield United. So, I mean, you'd expect better numbers in those games. Uh, Coming to your question regarding who would you pick on wildcard, I definitely would not uh, pick Jimenez. But I, I think even if 
I was I was on a wildcard. I would still double up on the defense. Uh, may, maybe size and one one other defender could be Doherty, could be Bolly. I mean, Doherty's numbers have actually gone down as well. They've nosedived uh, post the restart. His attacking numbers, he's not getting as many shots away. He hasn't registered a big chance either. Um, I mean, he had registered like four big chances in the previous six game weeks pre-restart. So uh, he isn't looking as threatening as he was earlier, uh, like Wolves uh, in general. Uh, but I still think they have a they have an elite defense, and the numbers that they're posting are great. So I would, I would uh, probably go with double defense. Yeah, I do agree with that actually, because they've only conceded two big chances since the restart. That's the the best out of any team, and surprisingly, Arsenal and Tottenham are second with only three big chances conceded, but the amount of shots they, they have conceded are a lot more, whereas Wolves have only conceded 30 shots. So, yeah, they are doing well defensively. What about you then, Stefan? Would you double up on the, the Wolves' defence and maybe you know, not go Jimenez as well? Uh, yeah, Hibnes will be out for sure, and I will also go a couple of defenders. And if I had wildcard and free hit left, I might have gone three defenders, so maybe two defenders and a goalkeeper, because then you can just free hit them out in game week 38. So if you bring if you bring a couple of defenders in, you need to think about 38, where they are, are away to Chelsea, a game which I suspect they will concede. Yeah, but other than that. Couple of defenders and nothing more seems good. I suppose the Doherty shout is the one which I mean he's only produced yeah. the four chances since the restart, only two shots, so he's not exactly hitting it majorly with the stats. But before the restart, oh. we were saying how much he was playing more or less up front, and he is still getting up there though. The the thing about it is, uh, if you don't want him and S, you shouldn't want Doherty either because you don't believe in Wolf scoring goals. Yeah. So that said, I, I would go for uh, Bolly and Size and. Use the money elsewhere. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, a, that's an interesting thought, actually. I was um, I was just going to say that when you look at uh, the next three fixture for Wolves, I mean, Everton, um, Burnley, and, and Palace are, are the next three. And, and I can easily see them getting like at least two clean sheets out of those fixtures. Um, so double defence definitely is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, some people yeah. are looking at removing... Wolves defenders and I, I don't think you should I suppose that doesn't answer Emma's question saying solid defender you would choose for the last weeks are Liverpool and Wolves no longer the most reliable for clean sheets I do think that both teams have got you know potential to be reliable until the end of the season you know Liverpool can keep clean sheet against anyone it was a good goal scored uh, for Brighton for my man Lamptey delivering into Trossard <laughs> with a great strike. So yep. I do think both teams are, are ones to go for. If you you know, if you're looking at other teams with good fixtures like of Chelsea, maybe not. They seem to be conceding nearly every game now. Um those probably and United are the three teams that I would target. What about you, uh, Stefan? Uh for defenders, yeah. I, I think um United you can't target because you want their attackers. Uh, and other than that, there's, there's the Wolves guys, and I'm not sure I like too many others. I think uh, I still like Aurier, which has been in my team and is doing doing good for me. I know they have Arsenal and Leicester left this season, but at least Mourinho seems to have been able to sort out his defense. I think I didn't watch the game today, but uh, I think mm. they have been much improved and. Aurier is uh, this uh, sneaky bonus magnet at just five five million. He's they should, got eight they last should have game conceded he... tonight, by the way. 
definitely. It was a, a Wilson overhead. It, it went in, but it came off of King's arm. It was really unlucky. Yeah, yeah but the thing is, you uh, clean sheets are a chance game. No clean sheets are going to be secure. Just look at how City conceded against Southampton or Liverpool conceded against Brighton. Yeah. Uh, it's a good chance you can get the clean sheet out of some teams, but there's no guarantees. Yeah. What about you then, uh, Bako? Who would you uh, go for towards the end of the season, defenders? Yeah, this is actually a very, uh, very tough question as well. I mean, I, I agree with Stefan that uh, City and United, even though both of them have, have great defences, but you'd ideally want uh, more attackers. So I won't like, suggest going uh, for a defender from these teams. Uh, Wolves are the one, as as I've said earlier. Uh, Trent, I think, uh, is a good shout till the end of the season. He, I do think there's a chance he might get rested this week, but um, let's see what happens there. Uh, the thing is that uh, there are teams like West Ham, Watford. Um, these are the teams with, with the good fixtures till the end of the season, but these teams aren't exactly reliable for clean sheets. So it's basically a lottery. I mean, if you're looking for a more reliable defender, I guess Leicester have uh, Bournemouth and Southampton. Uh, sorry, Bournemouth and Sheffield next week uh, in the next two weeks. So they're good for they're a good shout for two clean sheets in the next two they're as well. Shout, yeah. So 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 maybe Sayunku could be uh, one to go for. I mean they're at least more reliable than the likes of West Ham and Watford. And um, other than that, I mean Southampton have Brighton, Bournemouth coming up. So I guess maybe Stephens or some Southampton defender sometime soon. I mean these are the teams I might look at. Everton have uh, Villa and Sheffield coming soon. So I mean. Um, if Holgate is back, he could get get some points. I mean, these are the yeah. ones I'd, I'd suggest. Holgate is a good shout if he's back from injury, I think. Yeah, and I will try and find out from the, the nutritionist whether he is. I think we'll, we'll just answer one last question now. So FPL Neil at Unsquare Neil FPL is asking, he's got one free transfer. Now, who would you prioritise out of these three? So he's got KDB to Sterling as number one. Number two is Kane to Vardy. Or number three is Jimenez to Vardy. Which one out of those three transfers would you go for Bakar? I would uh, probably go for Kane to Vardy. Kane to Vardy. Not because, Jimenez to Vardy then? No, I would probably prioritize Kane to Vardy because um, because Kane is holding more cash than, than Jimenez for, for starters. So I would rather get of him rather than uh, Jimenez. I just mentioned how, how poor Everton were this week defensively. Uh, so, I mean, there is a slight chance that Jimenez might get some returns. I just can't see Spurs getting too many returns out of Arsenal. I mean, if they're not, um, I mean, having a shot on target, and if, if they're not creating a big chance against Bournemouth, then up against an Arsenal side, which which has shown signs of resurgence, I think they're going to find it hard to break them down. So I don't really think that Kane's going to score too many points there. And then there's the KDB to Sterling move, which could have a lot of upside, but I think it is a bit of a luxury move because I'd still expect KDB to start because he's already had his rest. So I think he's safe for this week, and and I would probably go with Kane to Wardy. Yeah, I agree with the um, uh, Kane on Arsenal because Arsenal have changed their system somewhat. We're playing now a three at the back, and it is seem to does seem to be working. I think Arteta has focused more on defending, and it does seem to have a, a good effect on the Arsenal team. What about you then, Stefan? Which one are, out of those three? Oh, yeah. it's a tough one. Uh, if you have a good plan for the money, you might bring. Kane out to Vardy, 
but I'd wait as long as possible for news on Jimenez's wife. Because yeah. uh, that might throw a spanner in the works for a lot of people. And I agree with Bakar also that if uh, Trent is going to get the rest, it will be against Burnley. So you might actually need your bench this game. We can. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be ideal if Jimenez is out as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Obviously, we know that Pepe actually went for the birth of his child. And if you're Roy Keane, you would tell him that it's not him that's actually birthing the child. But Jimenez could lose out. Right, OK, we're going to go <laughs> off for the uh, Iceman's Piss now because I'm, I'm busting and uh, we're quite far in. So we will be right back. Okay, and welcome back from the Arsenal's piss break. We will now quickly talk about partner chat and Mikhail Tokvam's algorithm. So he's looked at my team again. So he said, with Kiko in, the defence is kind of sorted for game week 35, but upgrading is imminent. <laughs> Saving a transfer to be able to redistribute the funds is a prioritised route. Given KDB is okay after limping late in the game today... If KDB is out, Marshall is the preferred option. Other than that, both Kane and Jimenez want to become Vardy, which I think I'm going to be doing the Kane to Vardy move. But it's not critical enough compared to sorting the defence. He really doesn't like my defence. If you want to, <laughs> no. <laughs> if you want to find out more from Mikel, it's uh, patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm for just $1.50 a month. And it really does provide you with some decent stats, which he seems to be killing it. He captained Salah this week and his captain algorithm was right up there and Salah was right near the top so it's obviously worked out for him and we also partnered with fancy football hub and if you want to go there they've got a trial offer at the moment so sign up there fancyfootballhub.co.uk they're also partnered with fpl doodles at fpl doodles on twitter so i will be sharing that with the tweet so right trapped ins transfers and captains and uh, the best choice of captain so back i'm going to come to you first you've already told us what you're going to do but who, who's your transfer and captains just to remind everyone um i'm probably going to go for him and as to Wardy. i mean that there is the move that is there's tempting me the most as, as we speak captain i think is is probably going to be a united player um Bruno, yeah. either uh fernandez or marcial most probably fernandez because as I just said, United are playing on another level these days, and and I think they're going to score at least three goals against Southampton. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. What about you, then, Stefan? Well, I've talked a lot before about my bench boost, and my original plan was to get my extra goalkeeper goalkeeping disc to be able to bench Pope against Liverpool, but. As things have changed with Jimenez and Calvert-Lewin, there are a couple of big problems in my team. I have the option of doing Jimenez to Vardy, so that is route one. But that route will leave me with no possibilities to get another City attacker in for my benched McCarthy next week. So I don't think I will do that option. I think I will most likely 
take out either Jimenez or Calvert-Lewin for Danny Ings because I like him for the last three games. However, the United game might be tricky, but I think Southampton has shown that they can score against anybody. And if Ings gets a goal, it's nine points most often. Yeah. And he's also in the Golden Boot race. And Hasenhutl said he's going to get the last six games. That was two games game weeks ago. And let's see where it takes us. So I think for me, I will just close my eyes, hope that <laughs> Vardy doesn't hurt me too much. And I don't think it can hurt me too much either because... Not too many own him, and I don't think I would captain him anyway. So even if he gets a 12-pointer, I guess I'll survive some, some 12, 13 points. A hat-trick would, of course, be blah, really annoying. <laughs> but uh, I think I need to focus on my team a bit more. And if I do bring in Ings for Jimenez, for example, I am able, able to get David Silva in next week for McCarthy. And David Silva is my... Uh, punt for the, for the rest of the season I think he um, I'm hoping and guessing and trying to make a, uh, make a prediction that he won't start the semi-final in the FA Cup which leaves him to play the easy home games against Bournemouth and Norwich at least he will get Norwich in 38 as, the, as a Etihad farewell game and hopefully maybe also game in 37 uh, so I, I think I liked uh, Jimenez to Ings route more and I don't have to sweat about the birth of that child, which we do way too often in this community. We have too much uh, childbirth watch. <laughs> yeah, you got people finding out uh, from the uh, midwife. <laughs> yeah, there was something about Lindelof. I remember uh, people read his girlfriend's blog or something and <laughs> yeah. figured out he was, wasn't going to play and stuff. So yeah, yeah. And on captains, I, I'm going to cave in and Captain Fernandez. Uh, I would like to captain Salah, and I might still do, but there's something about I'm getting a green arrow with Salah, if Salah does well anyways, so I might as well be able to cheer for Fernandes and not hope he doesn't score even though I own him. Yeah. It, uh, I think his ownership, effective ownership would be crazy high this game week. It's ridiculous how he just keeps scoring points. It's just he's a phenomenon. Yeah. Is his price next year? God, what do we reckon? Back up Fernandez's price next year. Oh, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be hard. I mean, it's gonna skyrocket, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think ten ten point five. Yeah, I agree. Ten point five. I was thinking the same. Yeah. I'm... Yeah. Something along those lanes for sure yeah I was was thinking that or 11 even it could be how consistent he is it's ridiculous well my transfers I think I am going to do the Kane to Vardy transfer it does open me up for uh, a little bit of money elsewhere and then next week I may even do Vardy to Jesus do it with a minus four but I'm yet to think at the moment I just want Kane out of my team he was just so bad against Bournemouth although Bournemouth did concede nine shots to Spurs so it must show how bad they are if they're conceding nine shots to Spurs I'm thinking that Vardy is going to get something in that game and then my captain is either going to be on Bruno or Vardy 
depending on how I feel. I do need something different. I have got similar players to people around me, so I need to change something up. That's why I went Kane this week, but it didn't work out. But I've uh, I did play my bench boost, so I've scored okay. But we'll see. <clears throat> right, so gonna move on now to the feedback box. We had one here. It's not actually. It's more of a shout out to our patron Abdullah. Every week, Abdullah at block five five on Twitter types out a summary of the whole podcast in Arabic. And this is just for me to give him a little bit of appreciation for the work that he does for us every week. So thank you, Abdullah. Love the way you work. It's brilliant. And if you like to see those sum-ups, then please follow him at block and then the number five and then the word five on Twitter. Thank you again, Abdullah. It's great stuff. Moving back to our league. If you want to join our public league, it, the code is CCCJK2. We don't have any Alexa's afterthoughts for this episode, I'm afraid. He's forgotten to, to take his Alexa away with him. And we also have, we have another question though. Kaza at FBO underscore Kaza saying, what is the best sport, football or cricket? Is that directed towards you, Bakar? I think so because uh, cricket is is really popular in in South Asia, so it's it's probably directed more towards me. I mean, cricket is really popular here, and people watch it and play it. But but I know a lot of people who play football as well, so the craze of, for football is real too. I I am a football fanatic, so I would pick. Uh, I do watch cricket, but but I would pick football over cricket any day. Like it's it's a no brainer for me. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not really a question, Kaza. Let's uh, let's bypass that anyway. Yeah, you <laughs> you you are re- you are correct, Baka. It's definitely football. We had uh, another question here from our Mad Hatter. He's saying, "Who would win a match between Stefan and James, myself?" If the fighting arena was Stefan's forest reserve, but James <laughs> was armed with a aquafit, I'm assuming, while riding naked on a moose. Now I'm going to direct that towards you, Stefan. I had to translate it because he put it in Norwegian. You could probably translate it a little bit better than me, but I just put that into Google. So who would win? Uh... Depends on what you mean by winning. I think you'll never catch me. <laughs> <laughs> never catch you. <laughs> you'll be too fast for me, is what you're saying. Yeah? I, I'm the guy that uh, likes to not fight, and, uh, especially not big guys like you, James. <laughs> so I, I had to find some clever solution to just uh, avoid the actual fight. I'll, I'll just ride away <laughs> naked on a moose. That's fine. Yeah. I'll just I call that. the cops most likely, and they'll take come take me away. <laughs> <laughs> you can go walking in the woods and I'll, I'll ride naked on, on my moose. Yeah. That's fine, yeah. Okay, yeah. if you have liked what you've heard today and would like to support the podcast, please do so at patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. You can join our mini league, as I've stated, CCCJK2. We've got a website, fplsurgery.com. Find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, Reddit and Twitter at FPL Surgery or email me info at fplsurgery.com. Bakar can thank you very much for coming on. You've been great. A fourth place finish. It's nice to have someone like that on. It's been a pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I hope to get you on again someday soon. For sure, for sure. Brilliant, brilliant. Right, well, good luck in your game weeks, everyone. And Stefan? Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the party.